Hi, welcome to the It's All About Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bird. This podcast is for people interested in making sustainable, qualitative relationships their objective. I want world peace, and I build world peace one world at a time, beginning with the relationship with self and extending outward to marriage and family, friends, community, and world. So if that's an objective you want to take up, come along. So, <clears throat> Jody Moore is accountability training for women. I am sensitivity training for men. Sensitivity for men is as hard to come by as is accountability for women because of our biological position on the food chain. At the top of the food chain, men just don't need to be uh, sensitive to the needs of lower creation. And by lower, I mean uh, in terms of physical strength. You know, we, we don't need to know what the lion and the tiger and the bear are thinking and feeling. We just need to know how to eat them or avoid being killed by them. And so there is a sensitivity that men must cultivate uh, for their surroundings and being in the world, um, but that's different than um, the sensitivity that women uh, are endowed with in the, by, by virtue of their position in the food chain. Being, being a step, a notch down on the food chain, um, you know, at, at least one, I'm being maybe generous to put women above the lions and tigers and bears. I think they could survive uh, against the animals without men, but uh, we don't know. Um, and so we'll just call them number two on the food chain. And it, from that position, looking up at number one on the food chain, they, um, you know, they don't, they don't stand a chance. They, if, if, if there's just one pile of food left and a man and a woman, a typical, you know, generic, if you just take someone from the bell curve, uh, from each gender, top of the bell curve, and they're running toward the pile to have it and make it theirs, um, you know, woman doesn't stand a chance. And so being in that position, um, second on the food chain is it in there's a certain uh, skill set that evolves from that position and that skill set is all about relationships it's in negotiation it's in um, using every range of um, intellect and emotion uh, on the spectrum in order to tune the situation to enable her to inherit, you know, at least half of that food pile. So, so biologically, the animal brain in females and the animal brain in males are, are different because of their position on the food chain. And so they're, they, um, they, ha they have a different skill set. It's just evolutionary. It's just what it is. Sensitivity is not something that the person at the top of the food chain is endowed with. And accountability is not something that the person 
below that number one on the food chain is endowed with because for the the person below number one on the food chain they're gonna do whatever it takes to survive okay a accountability is a luxury <laughs> that people who are not in survival mode have and when you are in survival mode at i.e. Um, positioned in such a way that you have to do whatever it takes to get your fair share to get what you need for survival you, that's precisely the formula you will do whatever it takes you'll do whatever it takes because you have to do whatever it takes and where does accountability come into that what like it, there's no accountability really has no place for number two on the food chain because number two on the food chain it, by virtue of being number two on the food chain, has to do whatever it takes. They have to be anywhere on the spectrum of possibility that the situation calls for in order for them to obtain the resources their life requires in order to sustain itself. We, we often, in, in our culture, accuse women of being able to get away with things that men can't get away with and that women are... Um, they can sort of get like a free ticket and they're uh, entitled and they're like spoiled children and all of these um, all of these stereotypes have their root in the survival aspect of not being at the top of the food chain okay so this is where you know so so what Jody Moore does is she coaches women who, whose basic survival needs, the physical survival needs, food, shelter, uh, safety, protection, have been m met well enough that now attention can be placed on this thing called accountability, integrity, being true to your word. Um, securing your own worth and your own freedom through thought choice and um, getting to the real nature of spiritual accountability once temporal necessity is is um, met <laughs> or the 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 need for temporal survival is secured in such a place that or to such a degree or on such a permanent level that uh, attention can now be given to um, matters of spirit and soul and mind and intellect. And, you know, this, and so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is, is that females do get a free pass. Uh, and, and it's not because they're female, it's because they're number two on the food chain. You know, just like kids get a free pass. Women and children, we group them together. Why do we group them together? Well, we group them together because they fall sequentially down the food chain from men. That's why. Because if there was a race to the food pile, the children would be the last, the women would be the second, and men would be the first. And that's that. And so they get a free pass for that reason. And, and it's not really a free pass. It's only a free pass. So look, in an actual situation where there's an actual race to the food pile, there's no pass. They, they die. If, if the man, 
if there's one man and one woman and one child, if that man wants to survive longest and is willing to let them die, then they do. That's exactly what occurs. There's no pass. That is real life. That is animal life. If, if we view humans as animals, that is what occurs. And that is that scenario is coded into our biology. We have a section of our brain that is instinctual and animalistic. And it is the lower portion of our brain. And when operating from that portion, there is no free pass for women. It is because the animal portion of the female brain knows this, that they operate um, and develop the skill set to get their own and obtain their needs and do what is required to survive. And that skill set doesn't have a lot of room for accountability because of the need for survival. When we start talking about, oh, women get a free pass, that's among a set of interactions where this this barbaric caveman situation isn't happening. And I guess the free pass is given to women by men who know that this is the case, who, who know what women are going through, who see and empathize with a daily life experience that is not his own, that or maybe he can relate to it um, by equating certain scenarios where he felt afraid or had to fight for his survival. Um, the way the way his instincts um, perk up when he looks out into the world and thinks, "Okay, now how do I survive in this world?" And his willingness to do whatever it takes to stay at the top of the food chain. But he's looking outward to the world the way she's looking to him because he is, because to her, man is another animal out there in the world to conquer. The way man looks out to the animals, the lion, the tiger, and the bear, oh my. The way he's looking out there, you know, the weather, the ice, the frost, all the conditions of earth that man must navigate like bear's grill in order to survive. He's looking outward to the world. And and woman isn't out there in terms of survival from a man growing up being born. Now, yes, if a man wants a family, okay, then the then the equation changes. I'm not there's a there's a difference in the dynamics between men who are because who choose a family orientation and men who do not choose a family orientation <clears throat> between a man surviving out in the wilderness um, and a man trying to make it in the market with other people and forces there's there's a difference between pure the pure animal instinct in the brain of a male and um, 
the other portions of the human brain. Not not all of the human brain is is pure animal instinct, but there's a portion that is, and. <clears throat> As a female looks out into the world, uh, she sees lions, tigers, bears, and Justin, or Jackson, or Michael, or she sees men out there uh, with the animals. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know, it's 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 really not. It's it's apropos for women to often feel like men are animals because from a survival instinct perspective he's out there with the animals uh, that sh that could kill her and she has to deal with and navigate him she has to f woman has to factor in man uh, along with all the other animals and weather patterns and um, things that Mother Earth provides her in order to um, survive, in order to get her own, in order to um, navigate this life and uh, get to the top of her game and to fill the measure of her creation and, and max out and be all that she can be. Um, there's no, that doesn't occur for woman except through man. Okay, in the same way that man doesn't max out and become all that he can be without earth and the resources of earth and navigating the elements of earth. So too for a woman, her filling the measure of her potential um, includes going through man because of her situated place in the food chain. So it's not... Um, it's, it's okay that women are not known for being accountable. What's, what's that line from As Good As It Gets? Jack Nicholson says, I, when he's describing a woman, I think of a man except without reason or accountability. Yeah, I mean, when, when you are up against a wall and faced by a threat, some animal that's going to kill you, Reason and accountability uh, have no place yeah, for making that situation work, for managing um, that threat. And that is the female animal instincts always at play in biology. It, it may become managed, but it's always at play. For as long as women are on this earth with men, um, that paradigm will be at play. It is coded into the DNA um, and the animal woman is alive and well and always will be. So this is this is good to see. It's good to know. It's good to look at it and understand it. But here we are wonderfully at a time in history where women's survival needs for temporal necessities are met well enough in many places in the world to where they can begin to enjoy this luxury <laughs> or begin to learn this luxury called accountability. And that's precisely what Jody Moore is offering is accountability for women, helping them um, become accountable all the way down to their core, to the thought level, to the feelings level, um, 
helping women uh, take accountability for their own feelings instead of um, relegating the accountability for their feelings to men. And it is quite quite a miracle to behold. It is, is quite wonderful to watch. Uh, I'm a member of Be Bold, her online monthly coaching program, and I watch the calls and I I just, it's jaw-dropping and so fun to see and so useful uh, in marriage. Um, particularly for the goal of sustainability, it is such a lift of burden off of husbands everywhere to watch these women take ownership of their own feelings and thoughts. <laughs> we never thought the day would come, uh, the caveman is saying, but here we are. And it's, it's time. So, but, but there needs to be, I think at this time, uh, a counter to that and an appropriate equivalent to where men get sensitivity training. Now, look, as a man, I'm going to admit, this is not, this is not, um, this is not fun. Sensitivity training is not easy. It feels like a grind. It feels like daily death. Um, but we got to do it. Um, the women are the women feel the same way, who are in accountability training. Um, it's not easy. Uh, they have to work against their natural woman, their animal brain, and they have to become the boss of their animal brain. And um, so, likewise, men need to be the boss of their animal brain. Um, in the man's animal brain, there is no there, there's no skill set for sensitivity. It's not built in because of his situation in the food chain. Um, yes, there's you know the sensitivities that the man must develop are the sensitivities that the boy in the book Hatchet must develop. Okay, he's got to listen. He's got to smell. He's got to know where the animals are so he can eat them. He's got to know where the dangerous animals are so he can protect himself against them. And he's got to build shelter. And he's got to learn about the weather so he can be in shelter when the storm comes. These are the skill set that man, based, that animal man, based on his position in the food chain, okay? Not that this is the only element of a man. But this element of a man must learn these skill sets because of who he is in relationship to everything else on Earth. And, and outside of Earth, insofar as Earth is affected by stuff in outer space. So, so men learn the stars. They, they learn their place and who they are and their position. And to the degree that man must not die... Okay, he must keep his physical form alive. Uh, to that degree, he learns his skill set, same as same as woman. And in his purview, um, what a woman needs and wants is irrelevant. It, it has no bearing on him staying alive. It's not. It's not coded into his survival instinct. It's just not there. And, you know. 
I'd say sorry women, but women know this. There's the survival instinct of women knows this. Um, just like a child knows, it's dependent on its parents. It's dependent on larger humans. A two-year-old child, a five-year-old child, a ten-year-old child, a fourteen-year-old. Until a child becomes physically large enough to get its own in a battle of the fists kind of way, that child knows it's dependent. And so it's just any human with a smaller frame than another human knows its dependence. <laughs> Instinctually, animalistically, it just intuits, you know, the, the, the female observes instinctively, perhaps at a subconscious level, far below the, you know, uh, the uh, operations of of the of of her of her social mind patterns you know where where entitlement exists where some sense of um well fairness oh is this should or shouldn't be this way far far below that just like in the fight or flight mechanism of the brain the female observes her her shoulder width she observes her height she observes her biceps. She observes her running speed. She observes all of these things in comparison to the male form and what its performance looks like. And instinctually, she knows he doesn't need me to like physically survive. He doesn't. Now, we could, on another podcast, we can talk about reproductive needs we can talk about whether or not the need for your posterity to be sustained is whether that's a need or not okay whether it can be but I, i'm just for now I'm, I'm just classifying them i'm categorizing them differently i'm talking about survival needs to keep the physical form alive here on mother earth literally just staying on the planet as long as you can you know like we're uh, you know, like we're riding a log on water. We're just trying to stay on this or rolling earth in orbit for as long as we possibly can. Just as far as that function goes, um, yeah, men don't need women. The animal man doesn't think twice about her. She's not in his playing field as far as it con that is concerned. And so sensitivity to, like, guessing what she's needing or wanting in relationship, in a romantic relationship, in marriage, it's not there. It doesn't exist. And so many uh, women are mad about it. <laughs> but that's just their survival instinct, needing to get its own. And... Um... <laughs> it's just... And I, I have, as a male, have spent so much time being being bothered by this expectation from females, and that's because I didn't, I didn't, I guess I wasn't in touch with my animal man enough to just not care about that. You know, I've been so upset and bothered by certain female words, spoken words. Can you imagine being? hurt or bothered or offended by words 
vibrations through the air that my that come into my cochlea and that my mind interprets in its own way. I've been upset by that experience so many times, it's incredible. But it, when I'm in touch with my animal man, it's just, it's moot. It's just wind. Doesn't matter what she says. Literally has no bearing. And this is a real place of peace for man. I was chatting with a, uh, a guy the other day, and I asked him, I said, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being total peace, perfect, ever-present peace and calm, and 0 just being always distressed and distraught and worried and anxious, where are you on average? He's like, nine and a half. And I, I thought that was pretty high. In fact, that's kind of where I hope to be on my deathbed. And um, I said, and then I got curious and I was like, how many years have you spent? I said, how old are you? It was 29. I said, how many years? Maybe it was 27. How many years? I, and then I asked, how many years have you spent in relationship with a woman? And he smiled. He goes, not that many. I said, how many years? And he goes, probably a couple months. <laughs> That's it. That's how he achieves his nine and a half. <laughs> because he doesn't need, he doesn't need any of that. He doesn't need any of that nonsense. He doesn't need any words from a woman. No man needs to care at all about what any woman says. No man needs that. Who's living just instinctually. Who's just, it's just not necessary. And that's a real gift and comfort, real luxury um, for men on earth. That is, I have to say, as it relates to the animal kingdom, that's a real privilege. It's a real privilege. <clears throat> now, for men who want to evolve past the animal phase of <laughs> their uh, their creation, their create their created potential, all that man is capable of is is actually more than being an animal, and so that next level includes relationships with women and. Um, it includes relationships with offspring, and it includes relationships with um, those elements which created him. And so, it, 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 in other words, it extends beyond just staying on the rolling log in the river for as long as you can. It's, 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 it includes more than that. That sense of competition is fun, and it is real and present, but uh, there's more than that. And so... So yes, it's a privilege, and yes, it's a nicety um, for that, within that sphere, within that um, circumspection. But it's not. It, it does. It's it's not something that women need to be like forever envious of, right? Um, and eternally viewing, perceiving themselves to be less than because they don't enjoy that privilege. It's, it is. It is there. Um, it's, it needs to be acknowledged, but it's, um, it's not like the end game, okay, for, for him, or it's not the end game for him, and so it can't be the end 
a permanent MV for her. <clears throat> And for men who see beyond just staying on the log in the water for as long as possible, or extending his the life of his physical form here on a rotating orb uh, floating in outer space for as long as possible, for men who want more than just that, um, then sensitivity training is required. Um, and really, truthfully, I, I don't know that, that men, so, so the, I guess the man, if, if there's a man figure for men, the way they're, that men are that figure for women. And what I mean by that is, is beyond the lions and the tigers and the bears and the snowstorms and the crashing waves, there are also these other humans. And these other humans form collectives. And the collectives write rules. And when man interacts, with, when a single animal man in survival mode interacts with these collections of humans, Okay, called communities, called church groups, called nations. Um, and he has to navigate their rules, the rules that they have collectively agreed upon and which govern their operations as a collective. And so that, I, I would say that for, you know, we can look at uh, man as an animal and we can take one man and one woman and one child and all the animals you know one animal and put them all and we we can talk about those paradigms in a theoretical way um, and and there are hermit men okay I mean there are particularly prior to this era I think historically for a man to just go off and like stake some land and do his thing I'm sure my friend that I talked to, my 29-year-old friend who's only had a, been in a relationship with a woman for three months, I'm sure he longs for those days when he could just freaking go build his house by his river and do his thing and and silence these voices. There's, there's not a lot of plots of land available for that uh, exist, kind of existence anymore. I don't know if there are. Probably there are. But it's also probable, it's likely, I would say, that every plot of land somebody thinks they own and has written some sort of agreement up about how anyone who comes into that land needs to interact with them. It's probably not, it's probably not a lot of plots of land that where, I guess, a single animal man uh, wanting to do his own thing would want to live. You know, maybe there's some plots of land in, in Antarctica Maybe they're super cold or super hot or, you know, um, I mean, men, men get close to something like that when they, you know, live in a city, but they own their own home, right? But, but even that is, that, that sense of, that animal sense is really only satisfied after a certain amount of 
relationshiping has occurred, sort of, sort of interacting and negotiating and agreement-making with one or more other human. It's not just like, you know, literally he's gone out and drawn a line and then is willing to fight anyone who crosses that line. Um, the flight has, it's the, there is a sense of that at play. You know, we fight in court over the legalities of, you know, the neighbor building their fence two feet uh, into our territory. Yeah? Oh, hold on. My boy brought me a smoothie. <laughs> it is delicious. If there is... Look, all relationships can be analyzed in a, in a simple, consolidated, systematic formula called the grand design, where you have two players, player A, player B, and they interact in a predictable, elemental, fundamental, um, distilled way that you can map out in the form of a circle or an infinite loop with in a circle, A at the top, B at the bottom, and a horizontal line um, appearing to separate them. Or you can unfold that and um, you have marker, um, you have pl player A as one of the circles, um, the circle on the right, and player B, one the circle on the left, and they touch um, at this hinge point and um, the interaction moves from that touch point outward, upward to the right for the masculine player, downward to the left for the feminine player, that there is an exchange at that threshold um, where the masculine role player must sacrifice and the feminine role player must submit or position herself to receive the resource in which he has in which he is of possession in order for her life to um, sustainably continue and that interaction or exchange creates a new measure of life in some format on some plane to some degree and then um, the the circles rejoin back at the touch point in the middle and a new cycle starts all over again but what one set or one round or, or one cycle of that is, is how we can analyze any relationship, uh, any interaction and on a theoretical level and, and observe and understand every new measure of life created. And I say theoretical, but it's also happening now. I mean, this is the process of creation, so we can observe this actually happening everywhere. So if we were to, oh, it's a good smoothie. 
Sorry, two more gulps. I love the ice. So if we were to place man at the top of the food chain, animal man, as a single player and place him in this this formula, who would be his counterparty? Like who if we were to place him, animal man, single animal man, in the formula as the feminine role player, who would be the masculine role player? Well, if we're just talking about elements on earth, right, not God or Christ who called himself the bridegroom of the world. We're not doing that. We're not getting into any spiritual or religious or mystical element. <clears throat> We're just working with the elements of, of what's here on the planet, on the orb, the, on which we're all floating. Then I would say we would put in that masculine position, im Gegenüber, policy, political policy. If you take a government and you think of a government as a as a man or as a person, as an entity, then that could take <clears throat> the masculine position in relation to a single animal brain operating male, human male, fully grown. Because as that animal man interacts with other cultures throughout the world, um, that's what he has to deal with. When he wants to stake his own land, that's what he's interacting with. <laughs> the housing department of that government. When he has to um, <clears throat> provide for his family, when he has to find meat and sustenance, He's not really, he's not usually going out and shooting animals with his bow and arrow and then bringing them home. Some cases he is, but in many cases, he's working with a set of rules. He's working with a system. And collectively, um, they are to him as, um, they are to him what he is to females on the instinctual animalistic level. Because he has to interact with them and negotiate with those, with him, quote, quote unquote, capital H, him, or government, or the agreements that collective groups of other humans make and operate by. <clears throat> they are to him what what he, what his physical form is on a biological level to the female form. Something he, you have to go through to get your needs met, to get your food, to get your shelter, in order to survive as long as you can on this planet. And you'll find that, that males are about as accountable <laughs> <laughs> to to governments, to cultural rules and agreements and policies, and um, men are about as as agreeable and and docile um, 
and accountable, um, the, at least the animal portion of men, as, as women are to men. Um, there is, you can find submissiveness in both parties in relationship with their parallel counterparties um, about to the same degree and for the same reasons. Females will submit to men when they can get something from men. And men will submit to government when they can get something from government. And the moment either party wants to overreach with their power or position in the paradigm, as soon as they want to oppress, as soon as they want to lord over or have power over or feel themselves superior to or wield unrighteous dominion, as you might say, then she, the female, in relationship to the male, or he, the feminine player, in relationship to government, the, the masculine player, they buck, they usurp, they rebel. They're like, no, no. You know, like America with England. No, we're done. We're, we're going to be sovereign. We're going to do us. And, you know, you see this, this wave of women divorcing men, and it's all, it's all empowerment. It's these, these women are like, it's like the more husbands you have, the more, the more powerful you are. It, <laughs> The more, the more babies you make with, uh, the more men, the, the more powerful you are because it's a sign of what you're not going to put up with. Not going to do it. And, um, you know, there's there's governments, there's groups that, that, that fight and vie for governmental power and they're always... I mean, what a mess in Afghanistan, you know, and there's, there's, there's just a, in a lot of countries, there's a continual warfare among tribes vying for like top power for those bound for those borders, right? All the power within the borders of that nation. There's these groups and segments literally fighting, getting their guns from whoever they can, um, just continuous warfare, um, because everyone wants to be the top dog. <clears throat> it's not it's not useful. It it doesn't it doesn't always end well for for these countries even when you, you know there's I, th I think of, I'm just thinking of how many countries there are where the top dog, right? The the the, the party in power the constituents will settle for a really bad government, a really bad political party who has majority power within their nation. And the constituents kind of come to this resolve of like, well, at least there's some stability, right? At least there's some stability. Like at least we can go to the market without fear. And, and so, you know, I'm thinking of um, countries south of the U.S. border, some of which who, you know, are, are run by really corrupt and, and, and players, but, but at least when there's consistency in power, there's some stability in daily 
market life and family life. And as long and yes, there's still horror stories, but as long as you don't f fall into the scope of that bad political power, you know, it's not your problem. And so it, it's just this really sad settlement. It's not ideal. Nobody's really happy because they know that in order to maintain power, that bad player is oppressing some segment somewhere. There's there's underhandedness, there's unfairness, there's people who are suffering, and no constituent can really be at total peace knowing that his neighbor is being oppressed. That's just not possible. The human soul won't allow for that long term. That's not something that I advocate here in my podcast on architecting sustainability into relationships of any kind. But they reach settlement. They reach settlement. And you see that too in marriages. You see that with females settling with bad, oppressive husbands. Because, you know, at least things stay intact, um, are kept intact. And, you know, for the sake of the kids and for, for the sake of stability. There's a lot, there's a lot of compromise, a lot of compromise that goes on. <clears throat> it's not ideal though, you know, I think in both of those parallel scenarios, both really yearn and long for reformation, like uh, the constitu, the, the, the female, the mother, the wife, who's, you know, sacrificed her all. Her whole career, you know, her whole life. I'm thinking of a stay-at-home mom now. Whole life, career, to go out into the world and make her way. Sacrifice that. Sacrificed her name, taking this man's name. But he's he's not sensitive to her needs. Doesn't care. I mean, he's just a lot of animal man. <clears throat> and um, yet she longs. She longs for reformation, not. She just, it would be nice, it would be nice if he were more kind and and more caring and more attentive, more servant, more service-oriented. And the constituents in these countries, you know, they may appreciate the stability that, um, you know, a mafia-type government provides, but there's some injustices that they would really like. They would really like it if, if um, you know, they wouldn't operate by murder. They wouldn't maintain power by f by physical force and oppression. If they if they would be more kind, more fair to the whole group, to the whole set of constituents, the whole family of of that nation they would really really like it. And you know, there are there are critical. Moments. There, there are critical measures, I suppose, of, of this balance. This, that's always. It feels like you're always on the edge. It's, it's just always a, a constant tension, and there are critical measures or thresholds or tippings, tipping points, where you know, women leave and where. Um, factions rise up and say, this, this is too much. You know, we have to. 
we have to have a new government here. This is not this is not working for us as a people. So it's fun. It's fun to look at relationships just one at a time by putting them into the grand design, into this formula, and um, seeing things from different vantage points, seeing both sides of every coin and taking one situation at a time and putting it into the formula and, and seeing like how do we how do we meet the needs of both parties here? How do we come to completion? How do we meet back in the middle? And um, helping, you know, whatever party's trying to move it forward, help them cross that threshold and um, um, and get to where they want to be with the agency that is that theirs to to play with, and um, and to gain some traction in life. Um, that's the life coaching that um, we do here at Relationship Consulting Services. This is um, our heart and purpose is to help individuals gain traction in um, creating better uh, relationships within themselves, within their families, within their communities, <clears throat> whether they're political activists or just housewives uh, or husbands wanting a, a, better, a better shape. Um, we help people gain traction to shape and organize their all the relationships that exist outside their skin um, into something better, something that looks a little better and feels a lot a little better. So it's fun to do um, to plug relationships in individually into the grand design, and um, I'll be doing more of that. But I want to wrap this episode up and um, just um, by by offering sensitivity training to men <laughs> sensitivity training for the animal man um, the the counter equivalent to um, the accountability training going on for females um, you know led by Brooke Castillo and Jody Moore and many many others <clears throat> and To wrap up, I would say that in just as there is the threshold and these tipping points where, you know, where um, factions rebel in governments and females rebel in families, or the government of the family unit of which the you know incarnate in the male form is is the government. Uh, of of cultures and groups. So likewise, there is a, an approach that is also effective, like like rebellion, but is um, sustainable. Um, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of um, the, the United States of America is a unique government in world history. You don't see a lot of... Normally when there are warfaring tribes vying for power, 
when they come into power, they don't normally pencil into their um, governing documents, you know, and liberty for all. That's not usually written into their documents, their governing documents. And they don't usually, they're not usually fanatical about abiding by it. Um, United States culture is still very vocal about defending individual liberties. Um, it's still very much in the heart of, of United States citizenry. And um, likewise, there's a lot of a lot of women divorcing a lot of good men, men who would govern well, um, because because the reasons for their departure are as nefarious as the you know his oppression against which they're rebelling. Um, just like these these political factions, when they take over power, they want to abuse their power just as just as thoroughly, right? It's all about vengeance, and I think the widespread female-led divorce rates is a, a big section of it is about vengeance, and um, that's and and what what we're wanting is sustainability. Um, there is a there are also thresholds in these paradigms where it is well and proper to to stay put and operate within the means of those policies, you know, characters like Gandhi, characters like uh, Martin Luther King, um, nonviolent resistance. There, that is, that is truly the most admirable, and because it's the most effective approach within a family structure, within a family unit, within a household, to help males govern in a way that is I don't, as as remarkable and miraculous as is in their world, in her world, in, in their family world, as is the United States government in the history of the world. If you're wanting to draw that parallel and and for help your your man, your husband, be as remarkable a governing entity to you as the United States government is a remarkable governing entity to the animal male, okay, going back to putting him in the, the grand design formula as the feminine role player where the, the female is uh, in relationship to him. <clears throat> if you want to do that, then yeah, there does need to be some strong pushback. There needs to be some strong, helpful feedback um, that that will help him become sensitive in a way that he is not structurally engineered to be, uh, at least in that animal portion of his brain. So definitely some strong stiff arming at times, but not violent and not for the purpose of um, just just flipping the roles and be, being as awful as he was um, by, you know, making the government, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. It's interesting to see. Um the matriarchy that would 
replace the patriarchy and um, what that would look like and the, whether or not the, the males would be treated in that blueprint government <laughs> any better or if they would all be uni unicized. Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting, but but men, males do need sensitivity training. Males, because and it's, and hey, it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you're insensitive. Your your animal brain isn't designed to be sensitive. Okay, and it's not her fault that she's unaccountable. Okay, her animal brain isn't designed to be accountable. It's designed to survive. Okay, and you're not designed to be sensitive. Okay, there's it's just not there. And you're not bad because you're not naturally sensitive. But you need to be trained to become sensitive because to be a good governor, a good king, a good ruler in your family unit, in, in the sphere of your family and in, in the sphere of your business or whatever, wherever, whatever your purview is, however wide we want to draw the line around what is yours to be steward over and king over. You need sensitivity, like, like a lot. Like you need to be sensitive because the way the grand design works is that everything, every policy you write comes back like a boomerang. Every law you lay down comes back like a boomerang. And if you want your family to love you sustainably forever and ever and ever, then your policies have to be geared to the meeting of their needs. You have to... You have to serve and sacrifice in one continual flowing round, which is doable because you are an everlasting well of resource that cannot end. So yes, perhaps it comes by much labor and much sacrifice. Yes, perhaps it's very difficult and, um, and, and hard and rough and painful, but possible. It's definitely doable and possible because of who you are. Um, you are not limited. You are not limited in your resources. You are not limited in your ability to give, to share the food pile. You are not limited in your ability to build shelter and and keep your family out of the storm. You are not limited in you, in any of your abilities to to provide what your wife and children need temporally, spiritually, um, short-term and long-term. There, you, you, are, you have unlimited ability to provide for them, but you need to have the desire to do that and you need to have the skill set for doing that if your constituents, namely those who live within the walls of your home, uh, your wife and your children and, your, and their children and, and on and on and on, if they are to revere you as a government that they are privileged and happy to be a part of, they are thrilled to belong, which they must feel that way if you are to sustain your position, <laughs> um, you're going to need some sensitivity training to accomplish that, my man. And I am so proud of you for wanting to do that. And um, thank you for joining um, Sensitivity Training for Men.
um, my monthly online coaching program. I don't know that I'm going to call it that, uh, but that's what it is. And um, we're having phone calls and training um, at least once a month, probably multiple times a month for men, sensitivity training for men. And um, what we're going to do is train you on how to see needs and meet them and do so in a way that allows you to be a constant servant leader and a continual flow of um, a, a total a continuous flow of you're the gratuitous governor you are just the one in charge who is always delighting everyone it's doable and including yourself and it's not like you're going to be neglected it's not like you're going to be you're not going to suffer any loss for it because you are the well and people can drink from you nonstop and you're still always going to be full and so it's 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 a win-win man um, you have no nothing to lose here and uh, I'm going to teach you how to do it love you bye Es wird doch alles wieder gut, nur ein kleines bisschen Mut.